from a journal entry from April 8, 2016. How would I describe the consecration of a man or woman to God? How would I describe what God has at once placed inside me and yet set me searching and seeking to be? Today, from everything I know, one word comes close to describing it. Singularity. Before we go on, let's look at the dictionary definition from Merriam-Webster and Google. First, the simple definition, and then the full definition. The simple definition. The quality of being strange or odd. The full definition. Something that is singular, as in a separate unit or unusual or distinctive manner or behavior. Peculiarity. The quality or state of being singular. A point at which a function takes an infinite value, especially in space-time, when matter is infinitely dense as at the center of a black hole. Or, a point or region of infinite mass density at which space and time are infinitely distorted by gravitational forces, and which is held to be the final state of matter falling into a black hole. Synonyms include uniqueness, distinctiveness, idiosyncrasy, quirk, foible, peculiarity, oddity, eccentricity. To me, the word, its definitions, its synonyms, antonyms, and usage all at least tangentially express my intention, as well as any word I know in the English language. This includes both the contemptible and the resplendent meanings. The contemptible being the weak and sinful humanity that belongs to me, and the resplendent being the glorious, luminous, resurrected humanity and divinity of Christ. Both of these are infinitely possible and indeed present in the consecrated man or woman. And here is how. The simple definition. First things first. As the simple definition suggests, the consecrated man or virgin is strange, odd thing in this world. Before we consider what his or her intention might have been in the first place, let us acknowledge what a strange occurrence of nature or God, whatever it may be, this person is. Claiming to have ambitions of the greatest riches, she has relinquished all earthly possessions with no visible investment. Professing to be burning with endless desire, he has made himself a eunuch. Pronouncing herself free, she has become the most contorted slave even surrendering her very will. Is it peace or is it mutilation? A thing of horror or a thing of admiration? We cannot say. But we know that to the natural eye, this man or this virgin is a spectacle, saner and madder than all else at the same time. Singularity of the person. The consecrated man has, at least to some extent, understood accepted, cherished, and desired to live deeply in the singularity that is common to all men. Although he is able to accomplish much, man is first and foremost an end in himself, a means to no one and nothing. Made by the Creator to be free, pleasing, and to love, man contains within himself a self that is a universe unto itself. It is this little universe that contemplates the infinitely infinite God who is pleased to make known his likeness and goodness to man. 
Even sacramental marriage, which makes husband and wife one flesh, still preserves the personhood of the man and woman. So this singularity is not particular to the consecrated person, but he or she does feel especially aware of this singularity and called to deepen and dwell in it. This singularity of man is not simply singularity from other men and creatures. Man experiences this radical singularity from the entire cosmos. There is no one and no thing like his soul in all of creation. The deep longing this awakes in man is not one that marriage or friendships could satisfy, since they are necessarily a connection with another creature, which is the very thing he experiences his singularity from. So what can this man or woman do? He searches for the one who created him in the first place and sustains him. Because he came from God and is sustained by him, Man knows that God is the only one in whom he can find a communion where he, in a way, consummates his singularity, finding himself in the most existential communion that is possible for him as he is. This searching then has a twofold reason. One, to know who created man, why he created him, and who he is created to be. And perhaps equally, if not more so, to quench this existential thirst that he was born into. Is not his singularity a deep well waiting to be filled? A deep well that only the one who created it would be able to fill. So the consecrated virgin seeks God at the same time to confirm, strengthen, and relinquish her singularity. She is, at once, apart from others, in refraining from having a family of her own, and at the same time deeply connected to all by being attached to the creator and sustainer of all, who bids her to serve all of creation, especially mankind. Interestingly, many uses of the word singular, even in the fields of mathematics and physics, at once acknowledge its limitedness, example being a point or a region, but also its in intimacy with the infinite, the infinite value, infinite density, final state of matter, etc. It may also be noted that this singular person relishes immensely the communion of saints in whom she finds great company and also those both married or consecrated who relate to the singular person with a deep awareness of their own singularity. Singularity of Purpose the consecrated woman has set her face against the world to seek his face who has asked in man's secret heart to be sought. Man knows both that he cannot serve God and mammon, and that his life is quickly passing by like a flower or grass, here today and gone tomorrow. Knowing this, the virgin, illuminated by strengthened by grace, resolves to embark on a journey to become now what she wishes to be for all eternity, since what more is there to wait for? Resolving in her mind to follow the example of Christ, the poor, chaste, and obedient Son of God, the consecrated woman takes up the cross of a celibate life that God may be her only reward. She does not renounce the good things and the blessedness of married life out of blindness or contempt, but rather because she believes from the depth of her being 
that only one thing is necessary, and within this one thing is contained all that she could desire from marriage and much, much more. In the moments she is tempted to think that she is on a fool's errand, she looks to Christ, her divine spouse, who took no earthly spouse in order to give himself fully in the wedding feast of the Lamb, as confident assurance that God himself desires such a search for communion. But of course, such communion is not easily achieved, nor is it a passive state. Everything that a consecrated man does, thinks, says, or strives, is directly to be searching for God, resting in Him, and doing that which is pleasing to Him. Thus in prayer, contrition, eating, penitence, sleeping, and works of mercy, the consecrated man or virgin is always turned to seek God's face. In her life, all that may be repugnant or unworthy may be safely attributed to her fallen human nature, which is the very self she hopes to bring to Christ for transformation. And all that is beautiful and true may be safely attributed to God, in whom all that is exists and who brings all these things to perfection in himself. Amen.